welcome to uh, day 200. Of course, this is the day we anticipated yesterday, day one, day 199, which seemed like a significant number, but 200 seems like a much more significant number. Mm-hmm. I ran it off so well. So welcome to day 200 of Shaped by the Word, season two, the drama of Scripture. I'm Paul Camp here with uh, Matt Kresge, his good friend David Keefe, <laughs> and uh, also my good friend Cindy Camp. Uh, as we continue through the drama of Scripture. And uh, we have seen uh, what was once a, a nation that not only you know, was a great nation, but had an even greater vision in the heart of God mm-hmm. to be a people after his own heart, to be a people that reflected his heart and character, and to be a people who extended his grace and the beauty of his wisdom and his ways you know, to the nations around him, inviting all nations into the presence of God to know him and to love him and uh, to worship him. Instead, they are drawn away by the nations, and they they know other gods and worship other gods so that we even you know find the temple full of uh, the symbols of idolatry. In Astropole, there is a, uh, an altar to Baal there. There are even quarters for male shrine prostitutes. There are women weaving tapestries, you know, as, as part of a, their devotion to Astra. There's even a on the roof of the temple, there's even an altar to the starry host in the constellations of heaven. Mm-hmm. So the entire nation has been overrun by their devotion to many gods rather than their worship of the one true God. And of course, we read last week, you know, there's that one line, they chased after worthless idols and they themselves became worthless. What, a, what an understatement. Uh, and we always, you know, reflect uh, the gods that we worship. And it uh, shows up deeply in our life. So uh, we've moved from the end of uh, Israel's story, you know, so far, or uh, at the end of uh, Second Kings, uh, to a book that's removed, you know, in our Bibles several steps, you know, away. There's, you know, Chronicles and there's Isaiah and Jeremiah, and it, uh, but it fits right here in the story. Uh, this is uh, the first deportation. Uh, when uh, Nebuchadnezzar first comes to Jerusalem, he, he kind of takes some of their wealth and some of their people. And uh, so this is the first deportation to Babylon. So this is a picture of what's happening in Babylon after the people have been exiled. And it's a very gracious picture of the hand of God. Uh, we ended yesterday with Jehoiachin enjoying you know, the presence of the Babylonian king and enjoying his favor. Mm-hmm. And here we find uh, four young men who deeply enjoyed his favor and God used even in a foreign land uh, to draw people to themselves. So before we start, as always, let's offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. Uh, Cindy, do you mind doing that for us? No, I don't mind. Father, we do thank you for this moment and what an incredible thought that we offer ourselves to you. And Father, that you have offered yourselves to us um, through your word and through your son. And we We're deeply moved by that, and we thank you. So be with us now, Father. May your spirit teach our hearts. May it um, compel us, Father, to love you in a deeper way and to walk often by faith and obedience to you. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, Daniel chapter 1. These are probably very familiar words to you. This is one of our favorite Sunday school stories, but it's so much more than that. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. 
These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia, and he put in the treasury the house of his gods. Then the king ordered uh, Ashpenaz, the chief of the court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They would be trained for three years, and after that they were to enter the king's service. Among these who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names to Daniel, the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Now God had called the officials to show favor and compassion to Daniel, but the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my lord the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard, whom the chief official appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Please test your servants for ten days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that to the young men who eat the royal food, and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for for ten days. At the end of ten days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and wine and their, uh, that they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. And every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and the enchanters in his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. And so we, we, we have a familiar story, uh, but there's so many textures in the story, you know, that are, uh, we've become all too familiar with and haven't really, you know, fully, you know, deeply appreciated. So like we said, there, there was a couple of waves of, you know, deportations. First, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, Texas army surrounds the city, intimidates the city, takes a great deal of their wealth. Not all of their wealth. He, he leaves, you know, some of the articles in the temple, you know, that we read about yesterday that were uh, later taken away. The, the bronze that was too heavy to count, and the last of the, uh, the last of the utensils used in the worship of the Lord. He takes some of the wealth, and he takes some of the finest uh, princes. And so you have, you know, kings and rulers that are in Jerusalem, knowing that their sons and their daughters are in Babylon, and not only are in Babylon, they're right there in the presence of of the king. So I want you to know. Here's a picture. Uh, not that they had Polaroids back then, but somebody mm-hmm. destroyed a little stick figure. So here's a picture. Your son's right here with me. So be careful what you do. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you, you have God blessing uh, his people even in a foreign land mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in this picture. And that's a beautiful portrait of that. Yeah, that's one of the things that stood out to me. And I think we've talked about that some on this podcast of how God's ten, tended to be kind of viewed, you know, based on location or country. Even when we saw um, Assyria capture the, the Israelites, they, they talk about the God of their country. 
you know, they haven't been obeying them. And, and yet here you have twice, you know, verse 9 and verse 17, talking about the sovereignty of God, you know, in the midst of those people. Now God had caused, you know, the official to show them favor. And then you get, and God gave them, you know, knowledge. And, and so just to kind of watch, you know, although they are outside of the land, um, you still have the sovereignty of God. You know, right here happen. And so, it's just a reminder to us. Yeah, and that's one thing they're going to learn during the exile yeah. is that the presence and the power of God is not limited to the city of Jerusalem and the temple. Mm-hmm. That their God is an ever-present God. You know, with them, mm-hmm. and even Nebuchadnezzar. You know, this king is going to learn this lesson and and, and praise this God for His power and His presence, and, and to uh, you know come to realize that there's no other God like you know the God of Israel. No, not even, I mean, as we see that, it reminds me of even First Peter, you know, he's, he's speaking to people who are in exile again, just as we see kind of here, and we tell them live such good lives among the pagans that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So we see the importance of even in exile and even in these difficult situations and knowing that as believers we, we will suffer and we will go through hardship and difficulty um, we see in Daniel a sort of resolve to remain faithful to to God, and in that um, we do see that pointing other people to God, which is how Peter describes that is to happen. In some and, way. and you have to love how Daniel does this. He uh, he both remains faithful to his convictions, but he does it in a very respectful way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not something that he just you know. Uh, throws into the face of Asphanaz, you know, in a blind, you know, kind of defiant protest. Uh, but he goes to him and explains his convictions to him, and he also asks for permission, uh, you know, to live out those convictions. And even proposes when uh, Asphanaz is a little, you know, a little uh, timid about doing this, he even proposes a, a plan, uh, you know, to help relieve his relieve his fear so you see him doing this you know as peter has told told us to do this to be ready to give an answer but to do it with gentleness and respect and and so you see an incredible picture of that in in daniel as well and and of course all my vegetarian friends love this (laughs) and and, and really and really i don't even know if i have a vegetarian friend uh but uh and it is a kind of a crazy. Uh, I'm not sure what the Hebrew word is, and no, nobody really is sure. But it, it's it's probably closer to cereal. Why don't you just guys give us you know some cereal? And, and of course, what is this issue is is, is uh, the uh, the meat that they were eating would have been sacrificed to their gods. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to see this tension also in you know, Paul. You know, where he talks about you know it's okay to do that with a clear conscience, but many people might see this as your participation in the altar. Uh, of these uh, of these pagan of these pagan gods, and uh, so they said, you know, just give us some cereal, you know, some Uselex, you know, for the next few days, and they'll come for us. And of course, after that, says, "Gosh, if you just eat Uselex, you're going to look really bad." And that happens that uh, they don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're going to credit that, you know, more to now. Obviously, all of my vegetarian friends, you know, do look better than I do. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but we're going to credit that more to the hand of God than the, yeah. uh, the choice of diet mm-hmm. you know, at, at this point. We sometimes lose sight mm-hmm. of, of what the text is emphasizing, God's blessing in their life. Mm-hmm. Well, clearly these were incredible young men. You know, it goes on to explain they're, um, they were handsome, they had aptitude, they were well-informed, they were quick to understand 
Um, so they were kind of this elite group, and to think that they were going to spend three years learning the language, the literature, eating the food, I mean, what an immersion, you know? And so to just see them continue to, you know, continue no. to honor God and to continue to... And, and, and of course, you know, that's where we find ourselves. Mm-hmm. We find ourselves eating the food, learning the language, yeah. and and being bombarded with the images of a culture around us. And mm-hmm. and, and sometimes we, we baptize that culture. We, we have to realize, you know, a lot of the things that, you know, the, the people around us are valuing are, are far from the heart of God, even if we can baptize them, you know, somewhat in our theology. We're very materialistic, individualistic, you know, kind of country. And, and we're kind of bombarded with that. And we need to hear the clear word of Scripture in the middle of that and be more, always more shaped uh, by the heart of God than we are by the culture around us. Mm-hmm. And, and so this is a, also a good lesson into remaining faithful in the middle of immersion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of in the world, but not of the world. And they they did that beautifully as they yeah, submitted to the Lord. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've run out of time you know, in this particular podcast, so we'll do rock, paper, and scissors to see who, who prays us out of this. Looks like it goes to David. David. Once you pray. Paper wins. That's right. <laughs> oh, all the time. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for a deep reminder. I think we all desperately need um, the deep reminder to to be your people here in this time, in this place, even though um, we may feel that we live in a strange land, surrounded by strange things. It's so easy to to make those things much more important than you. So we thank you for Daniel, his, his resolve to remain faithful. We thank you for your faithfulness to your people as well. Um, may you, um, by your mercy, in, in your grace, and, and for your glory, help us to live out um, today in this time, in this place, where you've placed us to, to be your people um, for such a time as this. Um, for your glory and our joy. We pray it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.